Welcome to the Healthy Podcast, where we invite you to invest in your well-being and unlock the secrets of vibrant health, peak performance, and wellness. Join us, Sebastian Mirau and Johannes Kettelhout, co-founders of Australia and New Zealand's leading wellness company, as we dive deep into the science, strategies, and stories that empower you to live your healthiest, happiest life. Whether you are a CEO, high achiever, entrepreneur, elite athlete, health enthusiast, scientist, or self-improvement seeker, together we will explore the cutting edge of biohacking techniques and holistic health practices with world-class experts that optimize your mind, body, and spirit. With each episode, you will walk away with practical and actionable steps to integrate in your daily life. Are you ready? Let's elevate your well-being. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Sophie Semro here with me. She is a breathworker facilitator as well as a holistic health coach, and she runs a business called Conscious Flow. And that is breathwork as well as sound healing in all different forms and shapes. So welcome to the show, Sophie. Thank you. <laughs> so nice to have you here. Um, so, you know, even though, of course, I want to hear about you, I do also want to know about you, and um, in particular, when it comes to saunas. Mm -hmm. So you actually grew up as saunas, I heard. I did, yes. So mm. I grew up in Germany, same as you. Yes, that's, that's correct. <laughs> and um, I did grow up with saunas. So we used to live in a house that had a little sauna, which was beautiful. I have... Vivid memories of, I was probably about five, six years old, running in the sauna, well, actually sitting in the sauna, then mm. running outside. And we had a big garden with a hill. And in winter, when mm. there was snow, you know, rolling down the hill, making that. snow angels, yeah, and great. coming back into the sauna. <laughs> great memories. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge culture back home. Right. So why did you do that back then? Well... At that age, I had no awareness other than it being a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just really enjoyed it. So obviously there was no understanding, wow, this is actually really good for your health, you know. Mm. No, we just had a, an absolute ball, me and my half-siblings at the time. Yeah, and it's amazing that, you know, I, I guess the, the German climate, you know, leans itself to having sauna, uh, sauna sessions in mm. the winter for sure. But it's when you look throughout the world really you know many people even do it during the summer you know it, there's certainly something in it that it does to people you know for eons really mm. um uh, do you still sauna well at the moment i regularly whenever the opportunity presents itself participate in something called temascal so this is a tradition that originally comes from Mexico and it's also done in North America. I'm not sure if you heard of it before. Sweat lodge? Yeah, sweat lodge. Ah, very exactly. cool. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess you could call it like a Native American sauna. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> in a way, you know. So um, yeah, definitely. I absolutely love it. And there's, you know, an aspect of the heat exposure, but as well as, you know, the aspect of prayer and singing and you know being together in community in that way mm. so yeah that's something i do whenever i have the opportunity to um i remember doing that actually i did that even together with my business partner who hosts the sauna show as well johannes and um do you did you have that experience of having glowing stones that are brought in and they're yes. called the elders yeah yeah right and then you put certain certain herbs <laughs> on it and, mm -hmm. and and other things like um yeah. There's a gum that, you know, evaporates and so on. And mm -hmm. yeah, I remember the only way to get through that was really to be fine with dying. 
It was so hot that I just thought, all right, you know, like the only way to, to not, you know, completely freak out here because it's dark or at least the one that I did was dark and, you know, sit mm -hmm. really close to, you know, people around me and that type of mm -hmm. thing. It's like, if I just don't care about whether I die or not. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty intense um, experience, mm -hmm. especially the first times, huh? Well, you're making a really good point about, about the dying because the sweat lodge actually represents the mother's womb. Mm -hmm. So you're going inside asking to be reborn in many ways. So you're going into the mother's womb and when you come back out, you have your rebirth. So yes, it's making peace with dying for sure, you know, okay. and surrendering. And I had a really funny experience actually in the last one. I recently went on a silent retreat and my mindfulness teacher said, you know, awareness doesn't feel the heat. And I was in the sweat lodge. It was so freaking hot. And I was like, Sophie, awareness doesn't feel the heat. Awareness doesn't feel the heat. <laughs> and of course, your breath, you know, your breath can help you regulate your nervous system, calm you down and stay present and not get freaked out. You know, it's when we get in our heads and start thinking, oh, my God, I can't do it. And the breathing gets fast and yes. shallow. And then we wig ourselves out more and it becomes tougher and tougher. And yeah, the moment we can you know, be aware and breathe consciously, we can really get comfortable in the discomfort, mm. you know, in the heat and, and learn to fully embrace it. So me personally, I love it when it gets really intense. Mm, so yeah. yeah, big fan of the super intense, <laughs> dark, you know, loud singing in the sweat lodge. Yeah, <laughs> And then cool. being reborn. <laughs> so you mentioned breath. Um, you know a thing or two about breathing, I, I assume, being a breath worker. So um, just tell me a little bit about what this actually is because um this might be actually a term that dis descri describes many different techniques or is there one specific one that is called this is breath work this mm -hmm. is how it goes this is what you facilitate yeah there's so 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 many different ones it's mm. amazing and they all have to you know overall benefits but you know slightly different ones depending on the technique there's different traditions new you know types of breath works emerging different techniques are emerging and it's not you know it's an, an umbrella term for mm -hmm. very very many different forms right. and techniques of mm. breathing what's the significance of breathing other than of course that it you know puts life form Keep, in us keeping, and, yeah, keeping us oxygen alive. into the blood but there's much more to it yeah <laughs> yeah totally mm. so for one it's amazing because we breathe consciously and unconsciously most of us unconsciously and we can then bring our conscious awareness to it And if we can breathe consciously and breathe properly, we can really improve our, our physical, mental well-being in every possible way, you know. It's um, essentially the fountain of youth, you mm. know, it helps us oxygenate the, all of the cells in our body, our muscles, can help us to bring more blood flow to the brain, improve our mental capacity, our, um, our focus, you know, improve our sleep, improve our lower inflammation, lower cholesterol, improve the quality, um, uh, I should say, the strength of our heart, the heart rate variability. That's just a few of the benefits. So wow. if we can breathe consciously, we can really improve our health. Our health. So how, how did we find out about that as humans? Like what is, is that, was it just a natural process that people realize, okay, if I breathe deeper or you know, in a particular way, it has benefits or, or is there more of a history to it or a tradition? Well, You know, there's a long tradition in India, in, you know, yogic traditions, um, where, you know, conscious breathing um, has been a part of daily practices, as well as a lot of the prayers, um, they have a certain rhythm to it where, you know, ideally studies show that we want to breathe in and out about six seconds, 
mm-hmm. um, and the inhale six ex- seconds on the exhale. So that's about 10 times per minute. And a lot of the prayers and chants, they r- roughly um, have that pattern, that breathing pattern. So mm-hmm. even if it was unconsciously, you know, that sort of breathing pattern was done in many traditions around the world and religions. Um, but I guess, you know, it goes back as, yeah, in, in Indian traditions, that's probably the longest dated history of where conscious breathing was or has been a thing mm-hmm. and taken from there, from the yoga practices. Yeah. Amazing. Now, and what type of breathing do you teach? Yeah, so I actually do a mix. I'm trained in soma breathwork, shamanic breathwork, performance breathing and pranayama. And so in my breathwork journey, so I take people on, if it's group sessions, we go on a on a deep dive and it's a mix of different techniques you mm. know i create different playlists because mm. i believe that music is a really powerful aspect that can induce a you know certain emotional state and really take us on a journey combined with different breathwork techniques and then in one-on-one sessions you know we either go on journeys like that or we really look at functional breathing you know because so many of us are not breathing correctly you know ah. breathing really shallow really in our chest breathing through the mouth and which can have a lot of health consequences, actually. So, yeah. Why? Like, like what? <clears throat> so, for example, when we're breathing through our mouth or mm. when we're breathing really shallow in the chest, what it does, it affects the carbon dioxide oxygen balance in our body. So, you know, we need carbon dioxide in our body, in our blood for oxygen to actually efficiently be released and to be taken and to be transported into the cells, into the muscles, into all of the parts of the body. It's called the Bohr effect. So we need a certain amount of carbon dioxide for the oxygen to actually, yeah, go into the cells the way they want to. And so when we're breathing really shallow, we're actually exhaling more carbon dioxide and we're not... We're not taking as much oxygen into the cells, you know, even though we're breathing in a lot of oxygen, we're starving the cells and the muscles mm. off the oxygen mm. as well as the brain. So that's one of the big ones, you know, and it affects our blood flow. Um, it affects our blood pressure. So if you're breathing through our mouth, it really raises the blood pressure, which can, if it's chronic, can cause heart problems, heart disease, you know, risk of stroke, risk of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's some of the... Some of the consequences, which are, yeah, mm. big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very big ones. And what what are the reasons for people to do that? Why do we not naturally, like, you know, our heart probably beats quite well normally. Why is that not the same for our breath? Well, you know, did anyone ever sit you down and teach you about this? No, but neither did anyone tell my heart how to do that. So, so something must be different with the breath. Totally. Yeah. So... They've actually done research showing that in different tribes around the world, they used to tell the kids, or even when they were babies, closing their mouth when they were breathing to really incorporate for children at a young age that you want to be breathing through your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've lost, you know. And so they're even shown with studies that if we mouth breathe um, at a very young age and ongoing, that it affects the way that our face is structured. Wow. Yeah, as well as... What can happen is that we have problems sleeping. So when we are conscious or actively breathing through our mouth ongoing and it changes the facial structure, we can have something called sleep apnea where in our sleep we have really make breathing patterns Mm -hmm. and you know can stop breathing and it affects the blood flow to our brain and if that happens at a very young age studies show that it actually really affects the brain development of children and there's a good Mm -hmm. chance that they will end up needing help um you know have learning difficulties at the starting from the age of eight um that's just a recent study that came out that um mike mccorin shared so yeah it's really interesting so 
in the past. You know, that was something, you know, in tribes that they actively closed the mouth of the babies, you know, and really brought awareness, which me growing up, that wasn't a thing. I don't mm. know. Like, I don't know. I don't know when it got lost. I don't know when, you know, that stopped being shared in that way. But yeah, I believe that's something that needs to be taught yeah. from a very young age, you know, same as mindfulness, because I'm also a mindfulness teacher. And I feel that that's something, you know, that we don't, we're taught how to think, but we're not taught how to stop. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and we're not taught how to breathe properly, which are very essential for our physical and mental well being. And I guess as our culture, changes and evolves there are certain things that we do that don't support this and maybe we lose things that used to support it and i just think a child or a human in general that sits in front of a screen is probably not really interactive with their breath however if you would sing you know as a child or if you if you would do exercise you know run around a lot and all the rest of it that certainly would get good breathing going and i'm sure there are many other examples of that and i wonder whether this you know this whole dormant dormantry that happens people just sitting all the time and moving mm -hmm. that probably is interacting with our breath breathing patterns as well mm -hmm. and, and the ability to really oxygenate our our blood yeah and the constant constant distractions for sure yeah right yeah so and how How does stress come into this? When I think about breathing and breathing workshops, I always think I try to get over my my stress and over my, I guess, uh, traumas, if there are some big or small ones. Is, is that sort of, is there a really strong connection or do I just make this up? Super strong connection. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I like to refer to the breath as our superpower. <laughs> okay. Because the moment we can be consciously aware of how we're breathing, we will have an mm. awareness of how we feel and vice versa. Mm. So when we have a strong emotional reaction to something, you know, the moment we can sit back and watch, let's say if we are stressed or if mm. we are anxious or, you know, nervous, the breath most likely is going to be very shallow and mm -hmm. up in your chest. And so the moment we can create this awareness, we can choose to change how we breathe, breathe more deeply into the belly, you know, taking really deep belly breath, mm -hmm. activating the diaphragm, slowing things right down, ideally breathe very rhythmically, then we'll change our emotional state and our physical right. state, yeah, so we can really take control, and that's not to say not to feel the emotions, of course, it's really important that we embrace the whole range of, you know, human experience, and that includes all of the emotions, but we can feel them and we can feel the sensations of the emotions without reacting, Right, so if we are having a strong emotional charge, mm. there's a good chance that the choices we're making at the time are not necessarily very rational or helpful, or you know. Mm. So if we can take a step back, take you know a few deep breaths, and really calm our nervous system, so we can really regulate our nervous system in that way, then we can make good choices. You know, right. we can choose to respond rather than to react in the heat of an emotion. So it is a tool, yeah. and it works better than just our mind yeah that's I, i assume so let's say you know something really aggravates me and you know irritates me and and i can feel that i'm stressed about it or you know annoyed or something like that then well my breath would probably become shallow and you know would be actually affected by that but at the same time i can't actually use my mind necessarily to really calm me down i'm sure it works you know but it's probably if, if i hear it correctly then what you're saying is basically you can take charge of your emotional state Mm -hmm. really really quickly mm -hmm. by actually using your breath yeah super quickly and really what we want to do is get out of the mind because in those situations when we are let's say really angry our reasoning brain is not really there with us mm. it's more like in you know oftentimes we will react out of a 
a pattern, a habit, you know, or the reptilian brain wanting to protect us in that moment. So our, our brain in that moment is not necessarily the most helpful way to make decisions. So the more we can calm ourselves down in our nervous system, that's when we can come back to a heart-centered space, and that's when we can make a wise choice, you know, based on coming from a place of love rather than fear or anger, you mm -hmm. know, where we can sit back. And I've, you know, personally speaking from experience, <laughs> there's been times where I've acted in that, you know, situation where I was really angry and then afterwards, oh God, that yeah. could have been handled so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? so you're talking about experience. I have, I have two things that I remember that happened to me when, in a time where I was breathing an hour twice a day, in the morning and at night, 108 breath normally, that was sort of the thing. Don't ask me which technique. It was just in, hold, out, hold, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, And I remember one situation. I had a new boss, and um, he didn't really understand something, and 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 thought that I was doing something really, really wrong. And I really wasn't, and it wasn't a big deal. But mm. he was extremely charged, and he was there with another manager, and both were shouting. And I remember that I was just concentrating on my breath, and was almost surprised of how little it, it impacted me. And afterwards, uh, the second manager came to me and said, like, hey, that was a bit strong. We really saw, or I'm really sorry about that. And, and I thought to myself, actually, I didn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. It felt really invincible. And then I think the craziest thing that happened with breath for me was that I was lying in bed and I was doing my 108 breath. And at one stage, my consciousness definitely left, lifted out of the body. Mm -hmm. That was a really odd thing. It was, mm -hmm. it was so odd. And, and so I was my consciousness somehow moved up to the ceiling and and I quite enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, I've heard about this. This is amazing. Great. You know, we're going there. We're going into the ceiling. And then, I, and then I thought, hold on, but my body is not here. Who's breathing my body? Actually, I thought exactly that. Who is breathing this body? Will this mm -hmm. survive? And at that moment, my consciousness went back into the body. But it was like a definite experience where I think like, I know this happened. This was not Yeah, there was there was not, and I imagined that this is happening because I wasn't even looking for that. It was definitely there. So, mm -hmm. I I definitely can, yeah, test give test testimony to you know breath for me is one of the most powerful things that I've encountered. Totally, mm. and you know you're tapping into having these beautiful altered states, um, you know, experiences. So breath work is really really good for your mental and physical health, but of course we can also create these incredible altered states of consciousness you mm -hmm. know so with some of the techniques we can have full dmt like experiences you know where people go on journeys and see colors and kaleidoscopes and go swimming with whales and <laughs> all kinds of wild stories you know um yeah and there's been experiences of people feeling that their you know past loved ones are there with them and you know reassuring them and connecting mm. with them and so lots of beautiful experiences that people can have And again, that's where we look at different forms of breathwork. You know, you can use breathwork to help someone really breathe properly and, you know, to work, let's say, with things like asthma, for example, you mm -hmm. know, with the right breathing techniques. Many people have healed asthma, mm -hmm. you know, just as an example. Or you can improve your performance or then you can go on journeys where, okay, you know, we want to go on a, we want to go on a journey. We have an intention, you know, to, to whatever the intention might be. Yeah, so that's when we can go on. Yeah, journeys into whole other realms where it feels like the body dissolves, where you can feel the, the oneness. You know, I, I personally believe that everything is energy. Mm. And with 
breathwork we can really tap into experiencing that you know the flow of life force energy in the body around the body and that experience of unity of oneness especially when we're breathing together in this way as well as we can really raise our vibration you know and i I'm a really big fan and believer in the law of attraction and manifesting. And so for me, this is a really powerful tool, you know, meditation, mindfulness, breath work to raise my vibration and to come into a state of, you know, deep gratitude and love. And from that space, calling in whatever it is I wish to manifest into my life, mm. you know, whether that is more things to be grateful for, something specific I wish to call in, you know. So it's a really a profound tool to to work with that and get clear on our visions and yeah calling them in very cool mm. you know when when having taken part in in, in workshops like like a, like a breath workshop and actually um recently i, I saw sort of uh, our team uh, after a session with you you had a group session with them um and i could see sort of the tenderness of people the relaxedness and so on what, what's going on there like what why what exactly happens to people that go on a, as you call it, journey or just, you know, follow your instruction of how to breathe? Why are they so different afterwards? <laughs> well, first of all, we're really regulating the nervous system. It depends on what we do in the session, right? Uh -huh. So the, what we've been focusing on here has been really, you know, calming the nervous system, relaxation and doing quite gentle techniques, actually. Um, but that's a, that's a really big one, you know. Some people are... So in their heads for most of their life, you mm -hmm. know, constantly switched on, constantly in the doing mode, where we're getting them out of their head into the body and really feeling, really into the sense realms and really being in the present moment, being in the here and now. And really with every breath drinking in the beauty of that moment, you know, and with a lot of the techniques what we do is we're creating a positive stress response in the body, activating the sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. So that's the fight or flight um, in a controlled you know, environment, obviously, and then we do different breath holds or change the, the breathing rhythm to then come back into a parasympathetic nervous system response, which is the rest and digest. And that's when we keep practicing in this controlled manner, that's something we can then take into everyday life, you know, mm -hmm. really being able to acknowledge, okay, well, right now I'm really stressed out. I'm really in my head. Let me just come back to the body, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm in charge. I can regulate. And the more that's, you know, the relation to stress, as you mentioned before, and stress is what really makes us sick, right? And from <clears throat> all the reading I've been doing and my understanding is that stress is the number one reason for most of our health conditions and problems, you know, whether that be um, chronic or, and so if we can come back to a really relaxed state, it's when we can really reverse a lot of these conditions, you know, when we get an insight, okay, a lot of the times there's an emotional aspect that creates the stress. Um, and in Buddhism, we say, you know, you have the, the first and the second era, something happens and you have a strong emotional response. And then that is a sensation, which, you know, normally if we just sit with the sensation, we realize, oh, okay, well, that will just shift and transform, like everything is ever changing. But then we have the second era, which is the mind, and the mind likes to regurgitate and mm -hmm. keeps keeping us back in the past and the experience. Oh my God, what could I have done differently? Why did I do that? You know, why did that happen? And why me? <laughs> and, and then we can really work ourselves into a frenzy, and the mind doesn't really differentiate between what is actually happening in reality and what's happening in the mind. So with these thoughts, we can activate the stress response in any given moment. And many of us live in that stress response constantly. And so we're really breaking free from that, you know, and giving the body a full break and coming to that deep, deep relaxation. And 
I feel that breathwork is a really powerful tool for people that find meditation challenging. Okay. Because especially with the breath holding, I feel like it really can, you know, quiet the mind in quite a beautiful way. And that's not to say that meditation is all about quieting the mind. I really believe it's more so around creating a right relationship, you know. Mm -hmm. So even after 10 years of meditating, I have beautiful experiences where in my meditation breathwork does nothing but silence and it feels like I'm floating in a vast open mm. space. But then there's other times where that drunken monkey in my head that's, likes to keep me entertained and busy and tells me stories. And it's about acknowledging that I don't have to believe in any of the stories the monkey is telling me. Mm. I can say thank you. You know, that's not so helpful. It's okay. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to let you go and come back to my breath, come back okay. to the sensations in my yeah. body. And it's about being really really kind and compassionate with ourselves no matter what arises, you know, non-judgmental observing of whatever is coming and going, you know, like like clouds passing in the sky, <laughs> you know. And so with the power of the breath and breath work meditation, we can really create this awareness and become the observer, you know. So whenever mm. these thoughts arise, we can realize, okay, well, I can have this first thought and there might be a spiral of another 10 or 20 thoughts which take me into this, you know, on this wild journey, a wild ride, which, because again, the mind can't differentiate what is real and what isn't real, what's happening in the mind is as real as anything that actually happens in reality to the mind. And we can work ourselves up into, you know, a full emotional, you yeah. know, whoa, you know, wow. anxiety attack or anger, yeah. whatever it might be. Well, yeah, I, I guess I, I was just reflecting on sort of the, the modern life versus, you know, the life 100 years ago. And there was much more time to rest and digest, I suppose. And mm. um, since stress is so such a dominant factor in, in so many diseases, and you know nowadays, I can definitely see that the, the, the opposite happening. You know, hundred years ago, where people would uh, have breakfast and they sat down for breakfast. It's not a quick, you know, quick thing. You just grab on the right uh, side of the road, drink or eat it in, in the car, and then get to work. And you know, lunch sort of is also quite an quite a stressful activity if i think about sort of um certainly the german tradition is that you you know you eat your lunch as a i don't know as a bricklayer as a farmer whatever you you were back then and uh and would would take then you know almost like a nap for 5 20 whatever half an hour um and and i can see how that would then reset the nervous system over and over again and when i compare that to a time right now where you basically on from the time you know that alarm goes off until you fall asleep there's mm -hmm. always something because in our breaks nowadays often you know you're on your phone or you know you know social media or, or just somehow exposed to a lot of input which means that the mind just remains really really active so i can mm -hmm. see that all these types of things and i'm sure some people would label this biohacking but at the end of the day it's just you know one of those tools that has been around for a long long time to really mm -hmm. help and I guess the extreme of what you were saying there is when people actually have trauma and these traumas come back into the conscious over and over and eventually it's actually subconscious, but it's still a trauma there mm -hmm. to to counterbalance that or, you know, to unearth that, that would be really powerful. Super powerful. And yes, yeah, so, you know, the nervous system reset and balancing is so important because when we're in the stress response, you know, all the energy goes into 
potentially running away from a tiger. So evolutionary, mm. right? It's the stress response is there to protect us, but yes. we're in a constant stress response and there's mm -hmm. no tiger anywhere. And all of the energy goes into our arms, not to our legs to fight or flight, mm -hmm. you know, or run away or get ready, you know, to take on whatever might be lurking. And so, you know, that's why it's really important before we eat and after we eat, you know, to really consciously take deep breaths and really slow things down. And that's when we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system response, mm. the rest and digest, when the body actually goes into digestion mode. And so when we're breathing consciously and properly, that can help with weight loss as well, you know. So huh. because we are consciously aware of when we are in this, you know, in the rest and digest mode mm. rather than, you know, running around like a headless chicken, <laughs> getting to the next meeting <laughs> yeah, gotcha. and answering the next email, but not actually present with, you know, our meal. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Now, and then on top of that, you then put sound healing, which is also something you do. Yes. How, how does that fit in and what is sound healing? Yeah, so I have different samples that have all different frequencies that are tuned to the different chakras in the body and so basically the sound you know brings you into a deep 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 relaxation and affects different um because they're different frequencies different parts of the body you know and so what i do in my journeys is normally i guide people through a meditation to really drop into the body to as much as we can get out of our heads mm. and connect to the sense realms then we go into the breath work and then finishing it off with the sound balls you know for people to just feel that deep relaxation, the vibration of the balls and the whole body. And there's something really interesting when we do breath work and we become really present and more aware of the energetic or the, the flow of energy in our body and around the body, we also perceive the sounds very differently. It becomes mm. much more intense and we become more aware of the subtleties so where the different frequencies affect different parts of the body. And you can, mm. the more present you are, like with everything in life, the richer the experience will be. And that's the same with the, with the sound journeys. And I feel that sound is, um, you know, another really powerful tool to get us into the present moment. Like any of our senses, you know, the sense of sound, the moment we're focusing on that, we're in the here and now. Our body is always here. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I also like to call our senses our superpowers. I've got many superpowers. <laughs> 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 and the more we can connect, you know, to that, again, it's taking us out of our mind, out of the, the monkey mind and the stories and coming back into the body. So in a sense... Um Let's say people like a particular instrument. That's nice. And they listen to it and they relax. Mm. And so sound balls is just an instrument on steroids in the, in the, in the, in the way that it is really tuned into your nervous system. I mean, I hear you chakras, but that's probably for some people a little bit too abstract. But basically, it's a frequency that is really easy to relate to and relate that to a particular emotion that then is evoked which is normally a relaxing emotion would you say or deep emotion in general emotions yes i believe that all music and sounds are very you know strongly related or can, mm. can evoke very deep emotions you know no yeah. matter what instrument really but yeah so the samples are well the different chakra systems are connected to different um glands in the body and so when we're activating these glands there's certain chemicals that are actually released in the body and so that's when we're you know 
playing the frequency of a certain bowl that when it's when certain glands essentially can be activated in the gut in the body wow mm. that's amazing mm. okay so um so if we focus on a particular chakra that is related to i mean my favorite is working with the heart you know okay heart, heart chakra yeah. yeah and i do a lot of as well as you know the sound journeys and different breathing techniques that really focus on the heart a lot of heart coherence breathing i'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with that mm. is um the work of the heart math institute oh sorry yes i am yeah yes amazing super incredible Crazy. really really incredible and you know so there's something that i've read in a book years ago the untethered soul where michael Eisinger talks about being really aware when we are living in a state where our hearts are open or closed and every given moment you know when we're with someone we can notice if we get triggered or something happens that you know doesn't go <laughs> according to our plans how you know there's a chance that we're closing off and we're, we're closing our heart you know and really being aware of that and then consciously opening it so a lot of the practices that i do um focusing on breathing directly in and out of our heart space and wherever our awareness goes the energy flows and there so you, you can really consciously feel an opening of that area so you feel the flow of energy and you feel the, the energetic field of the heart expanding and, and getting stronger you know and that the energetic um, field that we're creating around the heart is actually the strongest of the whole body 60 times up to 60 times stronger than that of the brain mm -hmm. and so when we combine you know the the conscious conscious breathing really slowing the breathing down Ideally, you know, like I mentioned before, the rhythm of six seconds, inhalation, six seconds, exhalation, focusing on the heart and then working sensations of gratitude, love. So I really like to do visualizations around things that we're really grateful for, maybe someone that we love, someone, mm. an experience that we're really grateful for. And then in combination with the sound, you know, you can feel this incredible expansion in your heart space, right. you know, like a real, real grounding and opening and really it's profound you know at times mm. you can really feel the energy within and around your body pulsating mm. it can vibrating. definitely be measured as well yeah. yeah totally of course yeah yeah and when you mentioned the the heart math institute that's at the out of the university of of princeton and mm. i think i've mentioned this before on this podcast but basically the the double blind studies that were done during in conflict zones, for example, between uh, the Lebanon and I think Israel it was, and how people either meditated or just pretended to meditate on their mm. heart in a particular way and get this heart resonance frequency going, um, how attacks dropped, um, you know, and over all the conflict sort of stopped more or less during that time. And that was replicated in hundreds of cities by mm. now, um, showing that crime rates drop, um, deliveries to the hospitals that type of thing uh, mm. admissions to hospitals dropped during mm. the time that people were and that, that it was quite quite a number i think it's it's the root of one percent of the population of an area that if you get that many people uh meditating on the heart chakra then you, mm. you get this this outcome it's it's crazy because it's so I, f i found it i found it so refreshing because it is actually a university study that has mm. you know it takes into account the placebo effect and all of that and i think that's wonderful that it's actually like it's really tangible it's it's not an idea it's definitely a reality totally. as well as they've done these studies how the heart coherent state is actually contagious so yeah. before i go into my workshops i i do my very best to be in a very coherent state because mm. that 
that um, state actually rubs off on others, you know. And so when you're in this coherent state, all of the rhythms in your body work perfectly in alignment. You know, you're not wasting any energy. You're more tapped into your intuition. You make choices based on, mm. on, on coming from your heart mm -hmm. rather than the mind and coming back to, you know, when you're making choices based on from love rather than fear you know from mm -hmm. connection remembering that we are one mm. and i i feel that as something that's changed my life in the most profound way is becoming aware of my own energy and the energy that i you know put out into the world and knowing mm. that every thought every word every action that i speak that i have you know creates a certain energy vibration of frequency and really being aware of how that affects everyone and everything around me if i know it or not yeah. i know it <laughs> right yes but many the, people are unconscious about it even though they have a beautiful effect on yes, people totally yes. <laughs> and so that's something i make a big emphasis in in the workshops you know to really become aware of that flow of energy and then we can consciously take that onto, out into the world and be aware, well, what is the kind of energy I want to bring to this situation? Mm. How can I open my heart right now, even though I am triggered? How can I come back to a space of, of love and connecting to my heart, even though right now I'm really frustrated with something? Mm -hmm. You know, and the more we can create this awareness, again, we come back to making conscious choices and take wise actions in the world. And, you know, to keep, yeah, to keep, to keep sharing that and coming mm. to that space. And yeah, that's a really, really big aspect and it's completely changed my life. Very cool. <laughs> In the prof most profound ways, <laughs> yeah. Now, I thought I'd do some um, rapid questioning. Some things we have already uh, discussed, but let's just go through it to see what we can unearth in uh in short answers and short questions. So, does breathwork really work? Yes. Yes, of course, <laughs> full stop. What are the dangers of breathwork? Is there a danger? Um, there are dangers if you have certain conditions going into the breathwork. So, you know, if you're having serious heart conditions, heart problems, if you have a pacemaker, if you have really high blood pressure. But then it also depends, you know, um, depending on what kind of breathwork you're doing, you know. So if you have these kind of conditions, you can do really, really gentle breathwork mm -hmm. that can help you to lower your blood pressure mm. and to lower your heart rate. But then there's certain types of breathwork that are really intense that you wouldn't want to do in these situations. For example, when you're pregnant as well, you wanted to do something rather gentle, you know, then, you know, the active invocation of a stress response in the body. You might want to stay away from that. Yeah, right. Yeah. As well as when you're doing things like Wim Hof breathing underwater, you know, or standing up. So yeah, certain breathing things, underwater, that's tricky. I mean, holding your breath underwater. Oh, you know, oh, breathing oh, underwater. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so, um, and why is breath work so powerful? So many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. It's so good for your health. So so good for your mental clarity. So good for, you know, reducing stress, anxiety, depression, create an awareness of your emotional states, um, improve your heart rate variability, strengthen your heart, lower inflammation, lower cholesterol, improve the depth and quality of your sleep. What oh, else? Wow. wow. You, never you, ending. <laughs> you've spoken about this before, yes. I can tell. <laughs> um Well, here's an interesting one. Is breathwork better than meditation? You did touch on that. Mm, no such thing. They're both powerful tools and they both have changed my life in the most profound ways. And I always like to start my workshops by saying that I'm not claiming I've got anything figured out, but I'm sharing the techniques that have completely changed my life. Yes. Which are breathwork, meditation and plant medicines. They're the three things that are hands down the, the greatest teachers that I have had in my life. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. And when should I not do breathwork? So as I mentioned, you know, it depends on the breathwork techniques. 
gentle, gentle breath work and really conscious breathing, like heart coherence breathing that I just mentioned, I believe you can do it at absolutely any given mm. time and it'll be beneficial to anyone. Doing really intense breath work, you know, when we're going into a journey where we're actively inducing the stress response, you know, when you, like I just mentioned, mm. when you have problems with your heart, for example, sure. you know. Yeah. You might not want to do. And as well as when you have really severe trauma, you know, you want to be aware that that's something that can come up, mm. you know. So breathwork is a really powerful tool to work with trauma, but you want to be aware of that, you know. So so does breathwork release trauma? It can. So basically traumatic experiences, right, are things... Most of us have had some kind of traumatic experience in our lives. Basically an experience that is so emotionally charged. At the time, we didn't have the tools to process them. And oftentimes what happens is that these emotions get energetically stored in the body. Mm. Yeah. And so when we're holding on to them and that can cause disease and problems. Now, when we're doing breath work, what happens is we're moving a lot of energy in the body and a lot of the stored energies that might have been stuck there for a while might start shifting and changing and transforming. Now we can have really, really strong sensations when that happens. Sometimes people might experience discomfort or pain or memories can come up. Memories of things that we knew happened or memories of things that our unconscious mind completely suppressed. So, for example, I like to explain it like this. You know, if you had a really, really intense experience that at the time you didn't know what to do with when you were a child, for example, or even a toddler, the unconscious puts it in a little box in the back of your head and stores it there. And when you're in this really safe space, you know, in the breathwork journey, for example, where you feel like you can really surrender, the unconscious mind might say, okay, It looks like you're ready to process that. Have a go. Okay. And the memory might, might come flooding in, you know. So in in whichever case, we don't want to get stuck or caught in the, in the storyline, mm. but really stay present with the sensations. And the more we can work with the sensations, breathe, consciously breathing love into the areas of discomfort, that's when they can shift and transform. Mm. And we can have massive emotional releases as well as, you know, moving the stagnant energy and therefore shifting trauma in the body. Yeah, right. And of course, breathwork is not just hyperventilating, eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> It can be at times, but no. <laughs> so how often should I do breathwork? Well, I recommend having a daily practice, a daily, you know, conscious breath or mindfulness meditation practice, yeah. you know, for, for mental clarity, physical and mental well-being in every sense of the way, you know, decision-making, patience, presence, I mean, focus is never-ending mm. and... What's a good length? Like, what's the minimum that you would recommend? Or does it really depend on how, <laughs> how good you are in breathing? And, you know, if you nail it within a couple of seconds and you're done, and otherwise you need a couple of seconds, of course, a joke. But, you know, like, can you do it within five minutes, really get onto your, um, you know, change your nervous system? Or would it have to be a bit longer than that? It really depends what you're trying to achieve, you know. Uh -huh. So, for example, looking at our lung capacity, if we want to, improve our lung capacity we can do you know a simple five to ten minute exercise where we go from you know rhythmic breathing into breath holding and you know therefore we're really working in improving the lung capacity and stamina if you look at let's say endurance as well as something really interesting the longer the the bigger our lungs are the mm. the bigger the lung capacity it's actually an indicator of how long we're going to live it's wild um but how I, long we live yeah And it's really crazy. Well, um, okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> are you saying this is predetermined or are we? can we change our we lung capacity? We can change of, it. Great. Yeah, totally. Okay, very good. We can, with breathwork, change our lung capacity. Oh, I'm sold. Okay, yes. this is good. I like, um, you know, longevity is... 
Yes. That's um, that's a big one. It's huge. Mm. And as well as, you know, with certain, let's say, breath holds, for example, if you're creating states of intermittent hypoxia, you know, we can get new cells, new cell growth and repair happening as well, you know. Mm. So it's really in a, a tool for anti-aging. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fountain of youth. <laughs> wow. And so I, I really recommend having a daily practice, whatever you can fit into your schedule, you know. If you have never done breathwork or meditation before and now you feel really inspired and you say, yes, I'm going to do an hour a day, there's a good chance you're going to do that for two days and then you drop off and never do it again. Yes. You know, so it's really implementing creating little habits you know if you can start with five minutes a day and you can you'll feel the benefits you know after mm, even that yeah after five minutes you know and then if you then you're gonna love it so much you're gonna want to do 10 minutes a day and then you're gonna somehow make time for 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. and i remember when i first started meditating i really didn't like it at all i, was, mm. I just i thought i was doing it wrong and i was judging myself for having so many thoughts and i was reading um Joe Dispenza, I'm a really big fan of Joe Dispenza's work. And he was saying in his book, at the end of this book, you're going to be meditating every day for 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And I remember vividly sitting in my garden laughing. I'm like, who on earth has time for that? Mm. And I did one of his meditations for the first time and I was so hooked. I was like, I'm going to make time for this. Mm. This, is, this, is, I'm, this is going to be the backbone of my life, you mm. know. And it has become clearly the backbone of my life in many oh, that's ways. That's very cool. Hmm. So good. Um, another question I had is, um, why do I cry when I do breath work? Yeah, beautiful emotional release. That's so a form of releasing. You see that a bit? Yeah, a lot. A, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes people cry and they actually don't know why. And oftentimes, of course, there's an emotion connected, you know. So especially when we do things like tapping into gratitude and love. You know, every week I have a different theme in my breathwork classes, for example, this week is about self-love. And many people really struggle with that, you know, of course, when you have an insight that you've been an absolute bully to yourself, you know, mm -hmm. there's a good chance that we're going to have an emotional release. Or when we're, you know, evoking emotions of gratitude or love for, you know, friends or family members, you know. Um, yeah, so oftentimes it's, you know, really, really powerful emotional release. Whether or not we know why it's happening or not is a, is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Hey, I also have a couple of rapid questions about sound healing. Um, <laughs> if you're up for it. Um, so, you know, in a couple of words, sound healing. What is sound healing? In a couple of words, I would say it's a powerful tool to induce a deep relaxation, a deep meditative state, and to really rejuvenate and energize every cell of your body. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know what? Um, actually, just out of interest, would a speaker be able to emanate at least part of the experience of a sound bowl? A, sp a speaker, yeah, like a, yeah. Um, like like you know, like oh, as in, playing yeah, yeah, it off, totally. you know. Yeah, I reckon. Okay, cool. Mm. So, in a sense, because it's so good for you one mm. could potentially in the office yeah, play well, this type of totally well sound. interestingly enough so my friend and i recorded a, a meditation recently so and when i listened back to it so i played the bowls and i listened back to it and the bowls in the room started vibrating wow so i wasn't playing the bowls i was mm -hmm. just listening on the speaker to what we had recorded and the the bowls that i had been playing that were playing on the on the, on the mm. speaker were then vibrating in my wow. room so looking at you know how everything's connected and the energy yeah, yeah, is yeah. absolutely profound yeah so yeah i mean i feel of course it's going to be you know 
probably a, a richer experience if you are there and experience the mm -hmm. vibrations of the actual, mm -hmm. you know, and have, have that quality of sound there right with you. And if someone plays the the soundboard right next to you, it's definitely yeah, <laughs> different. Yeah, yes, I can see. Yeah, and, and by the sounds of it, there's a resonance mm -hmm. frequency that happened between the bolts and the... Yeah, but the still frequency. think it's yeah. 100% beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, can you heal the body with sound? Yes, yeah. I believe so. It's creating a beautiful balance and alignment in the body. Mm. Um, I have a friend, she actually does it with her voice. Very fascinating. So she's mm. able to, you know, um, I can't sing. <laughs> well, that's a very powerful statement. I, I, don't, I don't think I can heal anyone with my voice. <laughs> But, you know, she can tap into certain frequencies where she can, you know, consciously align whatever she feels is off balance in the body. Mm. And so that essentially can be done with all kinds of different instruments and sounds that are tuned to certain frequencies. Yeah. Very cool. And how can I heal myself with sound? Like, how would I facilitate that? I mean, I guess the best thing is actually to come on to one of your workshops because you facilitate yes, this do. pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, how to contact you in a little bit. But like overall, I guess it's it's about trying it, isn't it? And actually, you know, committing to it. Totally. And then, well, I suppose there's a, a difference and there's a different um, healing happening when we're playing an instrument and when we're connecting with an instrument. And, you know, many people talk about the spirit of an instrument too when you're really connecting with an instrument that way that is, that is healing in itself i believe mm. but then obviously when you're going to sound healing it's very much about fully going into the receiving mode you know like you're not doing anything you're fully surrendering you're letting go you're you're trusting and you're you're really receiving what is coming you know without without overthinking it without again that's why we do the breath work first we're wanting to get people out of their head and into their body to fully embrace the vibrations the sensations the tingling the pulsations that we can feel in the body as the energy moves within and around us yeah and i guess we can all relate in one way or another to listening to even just certain well sounds from the past so songs from the past and all of that and uh, definitely certain traditional instruments that when mm -hmm. i hear them they connect me to my childhood which is an emotional experience because it really puts me back there and um that's certainly a really tender moment when these things mm -hmm. happen and um i guess there's really an opportunity to then stay with it and and feel that love and that appreciation for that moment totally. that, uh, or that memory mm. yeah or the challenges right so yeah, okay. this is all very much about really learning to stay with whatever arises mm -hmm. with love and love awareness kindness you know so many of us as soon as something gets uncomfortable we numb we try and get away from it you know i'm guilty i'm an emotional eater <laughs> you know uh, we all have our ways of avoiding our emotions and many of us do anyway so these practices are very much about sitting with whatever is arising whether it's very pleasant or unpleasant and really acknowledging that wow it's ever changing You know, so many people when they're in a depression or anxious, they feel like this is never going to end. I'm going to be stuck here forever, you know, realizing, well, actually, no, everything is ever changing. Everything is impermanent. Really, the more we can sit with the sensations, we'll notice, well, even right now, they are changing and shifting. And the sensations mm -hmm. are actually not not bad or good they're neutral you know like like most things in life we we have an experience and then we label it and it's our perception that makes it good or bad and then you know that's what's creating a lot of what yeah. follows and i wouldn't yeah I, i don't want to downplay sort of people's you know depression or you know dark moments by by any means 
But at the same time, if I think about my own experience with that, that in these types of moments when things really went wrong or, you know, really, really sad about something or depressed about something and just really that hopelessness or whatever it is, and it's a, it's a really dark moment, in that depth of that dark, um, wait, sometimes insights, then incredible powerful insights that uh, catapult you to, to a different perception of life. Mm. And I, I believe also sometimes if you do hard things, you know, and there can be in your mind hard things. You go into, mm. you know, and you, you fear what it would be like. A good one for me is like if something happens to my children. Yeah, mm. I have to be careful how much I talk about it because as soon as I talk about it, like I tear up. But at the same time, I'm like it triggers an instant response of like, I have to spend more time with them. I have to be really present with them. I have to make the most of it because at the moment they are alive. And, you know, and any of our loved ones. So yeah, to me, that's a really simple example of like, yes, that's a negative thought. This is a painful thought. But what does your mind do with it? And it's sometimes a really positive thing that the mind can potentially do that. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. And I same for me from personal experience, the most challenging experiences of my life. Mm have brought the most profound insights and the biggest growth and made me who I am today. So I'm incredibly grateful for, for all of them. And the more we can realize, wow, you know, this is not necessarily the way I expected things to go right now, but there's a good reason why it's happening, even mm -hmm. if I can't see it yeah. in this moment. And coming into that place of trusting and the unfolding of the wisdom that's coming from it. And the more we are opening up to that rather than going in the victim mode of feeling like, but why is it happening? Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's really like, yeah, yeah. That, that particular mode is an interesting one. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, hey, just a couple of questions about frequencies because that is uh, asked frequently. And um, so there are a couple of frequencies that sort of like are bounced around. One is like, what does 528 hertz Due to the human body, is that a frequency that you're aware? Of? There's another one, 432. Yeah. Yeah. Schumann resonance frequency. Maybe I don't actually know. Yeah. It's just a question that came up. Well, with the 432 hertz, I know that you know. For example, when we're chanting Om, that is the frequency that we're creating, and it's like you said, the Schumann resonance, which is a, a frequency that is all around us and all things in nature. And for me, for example, chanting Om is really an in acknowledgement and awareness of the oneness of all things because mm -hmm. we're connecting to that frequency. So when I chant consciously, I, I give, you know, give thanks for that awareness of the oneness. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Mm. I like it. I'll give you one more. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> what is vibrational healing? Well, Vibrational healing is, like I mentioned before, you know, becoming really aware of, well, that's my interpretation of yep. the energy that, you know, the energy flow within our body and around our body. And so the energy is always flowing. Sometimes it's flowing more freely than in other times. And when we're doing exercises like breath, exercises like breath work, we can really create a free flow of the energy. Like, for example, when there's stagnation due to trauma or, you know, something's happened that is an energy that we're really holding on to, you know, it's taking up mental capacity. The more we can free ourselves from that, the more the energy can flow freely and we can create and strengthen our energetic field. And the more we are in alignment, the more that energy flows freely, the more we are in a, you know, ideal health, a healthy state. Very cool. Hey, um... I just have some final questions before I let you go. And that's sort of like changing gear ever so slightly mm -hmm. from third to fourth or something like that. No, actually, the other way around, from fourth to third. Um, what is the most important aspect of your health for you? Mm -hmm. Good question. 
for me, it is that sense of waking up in the morning full of energy, feeling alive, feeling strong, feeling feeling vital. That's the right word. Um, yeah, then it comes back to it comes back to a feeling for me, a felt sense in the body. Yes, you know, of, of having boundless energy. Right. So well-being and the feeling of vibrant health, um, of vitality for mm. you, just to put it in my own words, is really to feel a lot, like feeling energy and the potential of the day in the beginning of the day and feeling well. Yeah, and so, you know, waking up first thing in the morning is when I'm doing my practices. You know, usually it's, it's conscious breath and meditation. And that's when I get into the state of heart coherence, you know, mm. where I really feel... You really feel when you when you're getting into that space because you, I personally feel like a ball of energy. <laughs> and I feel like it's just radiating. Yeah. You know, it's radiating love out into the universe, mm. and that's for me a sign of okay, I'm mentally and physically in a really good space, and that's how I want to go out into the world and encounter every experience, every person, every being that comes into my into my field into my realms you know mm. and being able to send that energy out and share it with the world so i feel that for me is a sense of of health of well-being for me personally and whenever i'm feeling depleted or feel exhausted you know i make sure that i get my eight hours of sleep i'm a big sucker for eight hours of mm. sleep and do my meditations and you know until the beginning of this year i hadn't been sick for five years oh, and impressive. yeah that's my Very cool my little secret <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure yeah it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. so people that listen to you what would you say is the one recommendation you make for their health to improve their well-being that's one thing you say you probably like you know let me guess Probably to do with the breath. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> so I would really invite everyone listening to become really aware in everyday life how you breathe. Mm. To make sure that you're breathing through your nose, ideally at all times, unless you're doing such intense exercise that you can't. Um, but even when you're exercising, when you're running, when you're walking, you want to be breathing through your nose. And you want to be really aware of how you're breathing as in you know does your breath go really far down into your belly are you using your diaphragm or are you simply breathing shallow in your chest and ideally we want to breathe as slow and deeply as you can deep mm -hmm. into the belly and um Pat patrick mccohen mccohen he likes the i really like what he says about a little reminder how to breathe he's he the acronym lsd um mm. is l stands for light S stands for slow and D stands for deep. And so the more we can slow our breathing down in that way and breathe consciously, we'll, we will feel such an improvement in, in our energy levels and vitality, overall health, mental and physical well-being. Very mm. cool. Thanks for that. Um, what have you going on right now? What have I got going on right now? <laughs> so many things <laughs> i assume you want me to share about my workshops yeah like yeah what, what yes exactly that would be great yes beautiful so i run weekly one in-person community classes in my studio in byron bay so mm -hmm. every tuesday and wednesday night we run workshops and there every week is a different theme a different topic a different intention a different music journey different techniques that i take people on Then, of course, I offer one-on-one -on -one and private group sessions. 
um, breath work, cacao ceremonies, mindfulness. Oh. I'm going to start an online, an eight-week online journey. The f- is it the first or the second? The 8th of August. The first or the second Monday in August. <laughs> the 8th of August. Right. <laughs> it's going to be um, Mindful Monday. So every morning from 7 to 8.30, this is via Zoom. So anyone anywhere in the world can <laughs> tap in and join. Where We're going to do a deep dive into mindfulness and, and conscious breathing and breath work over eight weeks. And then next weekend we have a retreat coming up, yeah. um, a three-day retreat, which is here in the Byron Shire. And it's going to be a combination of breath work, nature connection, nervous system reset, cacao ceremony, um, ecstatic dance. Oh. And, and it's going to be in this beautiful property out near Burring Bar. And let me think. I think that's about it. And yeah, mm. one-on-one health coaching. Do you do that over Zoom as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. can be done. Yeah, can Very be cool. done by Zoom, one person. If people want to find you, what's the, the best way to, to look for you online? Yeah, so if you either Google Conscious Flow Breathwork or go on Instagram or Facebook, you'll find me. Terrific. Sophie, that was amazing. Thank you so much for your time and insight. I thought it was uh, extremely enlightening. I learned definitely a lot. So thank you very much for coming. I thank really you appreciate so much for your time. Me. Um, dear listener, thank you very much for listening in. Really appreciate you too. And uh, if you liked this episode, please do like, subscribe. If you haven't done, you can sign up to us. You can download some sheets as we have information on, on various things and follow us. And we love you all. And we hope to hear from you soon and hopefully you tune in for the next podcast of the Sauna Show. Bye for now. We hope you got a lot out of today's inspiring conversation. Please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Whether they are a seasoned health expert or just beginning their wellness journey, these stories of remarkable transformation, success and valuable insights will certainly help empower more people. Until next time, have the best life ever.